Into the rewatch, into the rewatch, not on broadcast. Into the rewatch, into the rewatch, it's a podcast now. It's a show that's worth another go. Stop us if we start to ramble. Listen as we watch, into the rewatch, join us, Art and Daniel. We love to see our hot dad down on his Hello and welcome back to Into Riverdale, your favorite Riverdale rewatch podcast. As always, I am with a very loud car outside my window, Daniel, and joining me is that other third art. Hi, I am the very quick military tribunal where everything yeah, goes right. Um, listen, <laughs> serial killers, aliens, magic, I will accept. I draw the line at the afternoon military tribunal to bring up a four-star general on crimes i guess they weren't technically war crimes it was just like gross negligence but like what uh, i will say fantasy um yeah. i am 90 percent sure at this point that they are 100 going on cheryl is actually magic uh, this episode they do hint at that yeah i mean we're supposed to get superpowers pretty soon now so i guess it's about time to start uh, exploring that space. Also, sorry. Um, I have a lot of questions about Cheryl's religion that I will get into when we uh, come across. Oh, okay. That. Yeah, that's the whole. You know what? Okay, so I know we say this so many times. Like, like we mm-hmm. forget about things, even though you know they're not boring episodes, like almost mm-hmm. ever. But um, I only remembered the boring parts of this one because Cheryl's stuff is so crazy I cannot put it in context of the show. This episode is like a like lifetime war movie, I guess. You you know, Archie's whole storyline feels like a lifetime movie. It's very like um, saccharine. It's very melodramatic about, you know, uh, I'm literally the band of brothers. And then everyone else is doing the most insane shit in between. And the tonal whiplash between those two things was pretty severe for me this episode. Yeah, yeah, it's... We'll talk about it, obviously, mm-hmm. but man, yeah. this episode was just like... It went from like 100 to 100 to like, I don't know, like, you know, 6 miles per hour to 100 again. Yeah. Yeah, um, a lot of whiplash. Not good for my neck. It's quite sore now, but let's get into it. This is Season 5, Episode 16, Chapter 92, Band of Brothers. Also, uh, Jughead and Veronica really competing for uh, the worst person this episode. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, last we left off, Archie's been hallucinating his entire squad. And it's still happening. Just a bunch of dead soldiers hanging out in the back of rooms. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Veronica gets a call from her still husband, Chad, who's like, uh, I've got a great business idea that's definitely not a scam that will solve all the money problems that I created. Uh, don't you want to get in on this? And she's like, no. And that's kind of the whole plot. <laughs> yep. Now, this part, okay. Now, I will say there are parts later that I find ridiculous with uh, yeah. with Veronica's stuff. But the, the, the framing device of it is boring as hell, uh, like most of it. But yeah. there are some there are some cartoon wa- shenanigans that happens. Yeah, later. I just w- I I just wanted to briefly pause here so I could see some of the art that I guess Chad has hanging up behind him. Um, is that a Basquiat or is that just bad graffiti? I don't know too much about Basquiat's art. I I hear about Basquiat like all the time, but I have no idea. Uh, like I I know like generally kind of like what it looks like in his more famous pieces, but like I have no idea if what's behind him is a Basquiat or just like it, mm, supposed to be graffiti. Wait, wait. You know, I think uh, we want to go back to the go back to the pause screen because I think it mm-hmm. might. I think I might see it. Like it's certainly uh, it's at least inspired by it. Yeah, that's the vibe they're going. They, 
So it's a little hard for me to tell if it's like intentionally supposed to be like a Basquiat or if it's just supposed to be like a, you know, like messy collage graffiti piece. Because there's a lot of, you know, elements in both of those. Um, well, I will say... I w- it would make sense for this to be a Basquiat, because he's supposed to be, like, rich, and, and, right? And Basquiat's supposed to be, like, the, like, artist that people want. Like, modern-day artist, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, if you go back to the Postgres, I do think that they tried to at least copy the line art. Yeah. Oh. Though it's weird they couldn't just get, like, a Basquiat poster for this, you know? <laughs> Yeah, it uh, would, if that's not a basket, it wouldn't be hard to fake it. Like all you need to do yeah, is yeah, just yeah, get yeah. like a high quality print and put a frame around it. Right, exactly. I mean, that's how they do it for all all paintings, um, in you know, in movies and stuff. Yeah, I think it's certainly at least supposed to be like a basket, which makes sense with the character. Um, he's like a young, rich dude. If you were to collect art, I'd imagine it'd be a basket. Um. It's also, like, the one black painter that white people know about, so, you know, it all tracks. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, back at Cheryl's church, um, she and Kevin have fully kind of taken over and have been doing, like, musical numbers from various Broadway shows. Um, and Penelope's done with it. So she shows up dressed in all white, says, stop! And then the fire flares behind her. I don't know if that was just a stylistic choice, or if Penelope's developing fire powers. I guess we'll have to watch and find out. But uh, she claims she was given a divine revelation from Jason himself um, that says, no more singing at service. We're done. <laughs> this is... I love... I want a whole... Like, well, actually, maybe this is next season. Maybe this is what next season's mm-hmm. like, all of it. But, but like, I just want all of just his, her storyline as a whole, uh, as a whole show, because I love it. The the weird fake yeah. religion, uh, the the trying to become a saint, even though, okay, <laughs> yeah. So, well, I will discuss that when we get there. I have some words about that. I, there's um, so many things. Yeah. M- meanwhile, Jughead has shaved and looks like um, his younger pre-time skip self again. It, I think that was a mistake, but I guess he's supposed to be like, quote-unquote, cleaning up because he's sober now. Um, but he's trying to do the 12 steps, and he's trying to make amends, but Betty's not here at her house because she's out on the lonely highway. Um, y- you know, the the highway prostitutes that hang out on the side of the highway to get picked up? You know, you know. Yeah. She's one of those right now. Oh my god, her, her thing is so boring. It's somehow um, more boring than the afternoon military tribunal. Yeah. Um. So Archie reads, and I guess the military newspaper, that the general guy is getting a commendation for service as he retires. And Archie's like, this is bullshit, he sent us in to die, I can't believe he's gonna get, uh... An award for that. We we should do something. It's wrong. This general sent a bunch of young men in to die. Oh, show. Yeah. That's like every single one it's, of them. Um, it, it is uh, exceptionally funny to me to watch Archie uh, do this mini crusade because it, um, it all seems so absurd when uh, you don't buy into the premise that they were in a just war to begin with. I it just makes the whole thing a little silly. I still want to know where they're uh, where where they're fighting, where they are so, using foxholes and trenches. Right, well, so they mention that the reason the general sent them on that mission is because he wanted to assassinate a local warlord. And the only war in recent memory I can think of that had warlords in it was Afghanistan. I think it's supposed to be like a... They're, ne- they're never going to say it, right? They'll never admit it because they don't want to do the research to accurately portray Afghanistan. But they've dropped enough hints that I think this is definitely Afghanistan. And they've thrown this, like, World War One, World War Two aesthetic on top of it to sort of obfuscate obf- obf- uh, wow, and um, hide the fact that they I don't just, want to actually research anything yeah, no, about They're doing World War One imagery with bands, a yeah. band of brothers, which is a World War Two yeah. thing. And then mm-hmm. they're clearly referencing... See, the only yeah. thing I could think of is either they're hearkening back to, like, the 90s, 80s and 90s, and saying warlords as in, like, Africa warlords, like, you know, the mm. random civil wars and stuff. Uh, or... 
I feel like that would be an even more wild choice. But, but okay, but what's no, the other option? No, no, but the other option is Afghanistan because that yeah. obviously makes sense. So, yeah. like, why are they doing this imagery? They don't even have the right camo uh, on for again. <laughs> so that they have plausible deniability of someone who was like. Uh, that's not how Afghanistan went, or, you know, if they felt like uh, Riverdale was making some sort of political statement on the topic of Afghanistan, like, oh, Archie's going against the armies, you like, anti-America, but because they've created a fictional war, then they can be like, oh, no, it's a work of fiction, this has no actual real-life political uh, okay. metaphor to graft onto. Here's what you could do, though. You could uh-huh. literally just make up a country. Riverdale isn't a real place. Sure, um, and I'm sure that was pitched. If they did, you know, like how Young Justice and the DC Universe does, and you know, make a what's the dumb one in fucking uh, in DC? It's uh, called where Queen Bee's from. About can't, oh man, I know what you're talking about because I hate it because it's yeah. like it's it's like it's oh my god, why can't I remember it? Because I, I it was hard for me to get through like season three of Young yeah. Justice because of it. I. I remember Malaysia because that was supposed to be the North Korea South Korea uh, analog because they had North Malaysia yeah, they, and South Malaysia. They had like a they had something that felt like like Bosnia and stuff. Mm, um, yeah. Oh my god! Uh, like Eastern European. I know what. Oh my god! No, that that's not the one I'm referring to though. Queen B was like a fucking Iraq analog. Oh yeah, no, I'm thinking Iraq. No, the Iraq. Uh, yeah. 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 Or, or more broadly, the Middle East, when they needed to have something happen in the Middle East. They're like, oh, it's happening in Queen Bee's country, where there are terrorists and warlords. And yeah, that's that's how DC chose to get around it. So I'm assuming a similar thing was pitched for Riverdale, and they ultimately decided to go with just the war, quote-unquote. Uh, maybe they felt it would sound less silly to their to their viewers. I don't know. I wasn't in the room. Markovia! That's what it is, Markovia. Markovia. Yeah, uh, that's I, not Queen Bee's place, but that is yeah, no, that is the Eastern the European that analog that's, for DC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one that they're fighting. Oh, okay, yeah. That's if they need something to happen in Eastern Europe, uh, and also I think that's why uh, East they have kings in Markovia because it's like Eastern Europe, and you know they've got they're outdated. So Markovia is Eastern Europe, and then they had some one for the Middle East, and then one for North Korea. Yeah. Um. I think Jughead got fired from his job because he disappeared for six weeks without notice. Um, that's fine. I don't care. Uh, then uh, Veronica gets audited by the SEC. Uh, and uh, I have to say that uh, I'm sure they both Veronica and Reggie's actors must have loved doing this scene where they had to say SEC multiple times in a sentence and not flub that. Yeah, it's hard to say. It's hard to say out loud. It's not a good acronym. Um, But she's getting audited, but her books aren't right yet because she's still trying to pay off uh, Chad's debts from his Ponzi scheme is, I think, yes, that must that makes sense because he offered up her business as like the collateral or the the broker for this whole thing. So they audit her business's books. They're going to see the Ponzi scheme and she'll get hit with all the whatever happens to people who get caught doing Ponzi schemes. So she needs to somehow get a quick inflow of cash to pay off these debts right away. And uh, she thinks, hey, I know. Why don't I rob my father, who, to the best of my knowledge, hasn't, like, really fucked with her in seven years. Has just sort of been doing his own business and, like, let her live her adult life. But uh, she's like, no, let's go fuck with daddy again because I need money. And this is how I get it. Also, Reggie fucked her sister, half sister, for a while while she was at college. What well, you know? Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's about all I can feel about that that plot point. Yeah, I feel like it's a little too easy. Oh, I was, uh, I was, I was just doing the mental math. Um, and I guess it could have been like later on in her term at Barnyard, uh, Banyard. But um, Vermos is supposed to be like late twenties, early thirties. It still feels weird, even if he's like twenty-two. Yeah, it's still pushing, pushing it a little bit. Like, Towing some lines. I'm of the opinion, and I don't know if you are. Mm-hmm. Like once you hit like twenty-five or so, 
Like, yeah. while there can be a power imbalance and everything, like, age stops mattering, like, a lot, as long as you're dating, you know, the, 25 and above. The, uh, the amount of years you can have between two people dating uh, without it feeling a little weird gets exponentially longer the older you get. Yeah, um, like twenty five, like a twenty five year old dating like a six year old. That's a little. That's that's you know right. gonna be. I yucky. still think that'd be kind of weird. But like a twenty five year old and a forty five year old, I'm like, uh, you know, okay, eh. that's pushing it a little bit for me. But yeah, basically that's fine. Uh, whatever, you two seem happy. Um, yeah, as long as they're not like the boss and like you know, uh, or something right, like yeah, that. Yeah, barring but, other factors. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's just I just don't. It, it's yeah it's gonna be weird like he would be like what like 22 23 and he she would be like what uh well we don't actually know her age uh but we guessed she was probably uh around late 20s early 30s just sort of comparing her next to the teens and the timelines so, of Hiram's life so i would say like she would have to be like now like at least mid 30s Right. I mean, this this all happened in the four years during the time skip, presumably, because he said when she was at uh, Banyard. Yeah. So uh, either he was, I mean, the youngest I think Hermosa could reasonably be is like 25. And so uh, if we take the most generous reading for the, of this, it would be like, he's 21 or 22 because you graduate uh, tw- uh, at 22 if you do four years. So he's like 21, 22, hooks up with her. She's uh, 20, uh, it would be, hang on, he'd be 18 when she was 25. Uh, math, two more years, three more years to 25. She'd be around 28, right? 27, 28, yeah. the 22-year-old. It's uh, okay-ish, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's fine. Uh, yeah, uh- See, okay, the time skip really like the the more they try to uh, explain stuff around the time skip, the worse it gets for me. <laughs> well, I also just think that Riverdale would not care that they've paired an eighteen year old with a twenty eight year old, which is the least charitable read of that time difference yeah. or age difference. Because like, l- lest we forget, this is the show that opened up with that banger of Archie getting fucked by his teacher. <laughs> yeah. Um. Meanwhile, Kevin, um, as I guess, decided to become Cheryl's gay best friend because he's doing everything he used to do for Betty, um, just kind of lounging on her bed and being like, you're so great, Cheryl, you got to prove them all wrong. And the way he comes up with that, um, he says he needs, she needs to take control of the church without beyond a shadow of a doubt. Um, and the only way to do that is to... Is he the one who suggests the sainthood? Yes. Okay, he suggests she gets sainted, which I have so many issues with. Yeah, so he says, little known fact, if you perform three miracles, you qualify for sainthood. Let's pump the brakes right there and break down everything that means. Okay, now, there's a lot going on with this. Yeah. So, okay. I think baseline, what this implies is that this weird cult is alleging to be a branch of the Catholic Church, right? Yes. Which, I don't know how I feel about that. Um, It's also certainly not, like, acknowledged by the Catholic Church. They would not be into stating a second savior messiah well okay um, i think one of the <laughs> I, okay here's the fun yeah. thing about catholicism mm-hmm. so there are catholic cults that follow mm-hmm. like while well, jesus is definitely like a big deal like saints yeah. are what they more but they do well but, first of all but, but i'm no, assuming no, those are denounced by the but, catholic but, church like, right but, Kind of, yeah, but also at the same time, like, be, eh, who cares? The, the, I, I, I get that in a lot of different Catholic uh, sub-groupings, there's a lot of emphasis on saints. Saints are essentially minor gods. I mean, if we get right down to brass tacks, right? I get that. Yeah. But specifically, we have learned that the uh, religion that Penelope has invented specifically stated 
that Jason died for your sins. He is the second Messiah, I guess, after Jesus. Yeah. And that's heresy to the Catholic Church. They cannot be a part of the Catholic Church, uh, despite all of this happening. Yeah. Also, I mean, but it is clear that this is a form of Christianity. They are under the Christian umbrella, which is nuts to me. Because when initially she's like, and he died for your sins, it was my son Jason. I was like, oh. She's just making up a whole new religion, and it's modeled after Christianity, because that's what she grew up on. Fair enough. But they talk about, like, again, the sainthood and miracles, and I think they do mention Jesus as, like, all related to their religion. So, like, they are Christians that just also, they're like Mormons, you know? They've invented a second Christianity. Yeah. Um, but... it It feels like it's, like, vaguely... Catholic related. That is at least uh, what they are trying to go for, which is nuts. Out of all the ones to graft yourself onto, Catholicism's uh, a wild one. But so, beyond the fact that um, no one has ever re- attained sainthood while they were alive, and beyond the fact that the Catholic Church actually investigates uh, claims of miracles like very thoroughly to determine if they are true miracles or not. Uh, Kevin says, this is a great idea because in junior high, I was obsessed with David Copperfield, so I can make these miracles happen. Um, I just, I'm at a loss. There's also a lot going on here. Like, the tone shift between what they're doing and the rest of the show mm -hmm. is ridiculous. Because it sounds like they're doing, like... It's almost like they're in like a sitcom, and the thing is, hey, we need to do miracles. Yeah, it's it's also like, okay, so you want to use sleight of hand to trick people into thinking you're doing real magic. Fine, that has been a charlatan's game for many centuries. People do that. I get it. Okay, the magic he chooses to do are all like well-known magic tricks. Yeah, the water right, he to does wine the water thing to is wine. Like, you can find YouTube videos, tutorials on, on yeah. YouTube. Yeah, that one's like a a known magic trick. Now it's not even one of the ones that are still guarded. Like people know how that one does. The other one is they make fake blood come out of cuts in her hand, which like is not even a trick. Almost that's just makeup. Um, the last one Cheryl does on her own. Uh, it's it's just I'm a little baffled. Like. Well, it's tough. She is going to perform miracles next season because she's a goddamn right. witch. Uh, but you know. Um, but Reggie does manage to get the location of the Palladium out of Hermosa, who I guess no longer. Oh, that's right. She does no longer love her dad. She cut him out of business uh, before the time skip. I forgot. So it's fine. Uh, meanwhile, in Archie's world, uh, Frank, I think. Oh, Archie just explains what happens to Frank, and it's a big flashback. Again, they are in trenches that I guess they are calling foxholes, fighting warlords. <laughs> uh, their their alleged mission was to deliver medical supplies to civilians. The tip off, Archie, probably should have been when they, you weren't given any medical supplies. <laughs> um... But yeah, it turns out their real mission was to assassinate a warlord in the area because it would be a big commendation for the general. Um, they were underprepared, outgunned, and pinned down. Archie ran up a hill to get signal to call in backup, and by the time he got back, everyone was dead. Uh, I'm not super sure how that happens when you're in a trench. Uh, those are pretty sturdy, but I guess... Also, how do you get ambushed where there are trenches? People had to build those. <laughs> and he mentioned something about no man's land, which was the the reason why World War One was like such a bloodbath was because there were set positions and everyone had yeah. machine guns. Yeah, it was because uh, machine guns had been invented, but machine gun counters had not been invented yet. So you got in a trench and you shot at each other for weeks, and then occasionally you would run out and die. Because he mentioned specifically No Man's Land, which means they also have trenches. Yeah. Uh, Which makes no sense at all. Especially because Archie's talking about calling in an airstrike, which is, like, part of the reason why trench warfare doesn't exist anymore, is because 
air combat became good enough that you can just bomb a trench and then it's not a problem anymore. Um, so if they have air support, then like, what are we doing here, guys? <laughs> yeah, uh, Reggie's like, uh, you're lucky Hiram didn't change his codes after he fired me, which seems like an insane thing for a man like Hiram to forget to do. And then it turns out the place he was hiding his palladium was in little pieces underneath model homes for his Sildale project, which is also an insane thing for him to do. Yeah, this is some cartoon Saturday morning cartoon villain shit. Like, why would you do? Why would you hide it like this? No, like he's no, he's he's gone full full circle. Like now he's right. being now he's just a dumb Saturday morning cartoon villain. Seriously, like you know what a normal uh criminal does with his expensive things he's mined? He puts it in a safety deposit box at the bank, and then you can't get it anymore. What I'm expecting, what I'm expecting now is that he's going to be tricked by a till platypus. Of, <laughs> <laughs> listen, Archie's going to paint a very realistic tunnel on the wall, and Hiram's going to think it's real and drive his car into it. Uh, then Veronica, uh, first of all, melts down the Palladium into Spanish doubloons, specifically Spanish doubloons for some reason. Um, and then she bribes Cheryl with a spider brooch to, uh help her host at a very exclusive invite-only auction. And Cheryl's like, your father tried to burn down my home and my maple forest. Absolutely I will do this if it fucks him over. Uh, meanwhile, uh, while Jughead was eat-pray-loving across New York, uh, his agent was trying to get in touch with him for that manuscript uh, Jughead promised. Uh, Jughead's like, don't worry, I got it. I'll have it to you by the end of the day. And Sam is like, you better or you'll be blacklisted from this industry and you'll never write again. Which I don't think is how that works, but it could be. I don't know enough about publishing. It'd probably be harder for him to publish stuff, but like, he can go the self-publishing route. Yeah. I also don't know that like, he would be universally blacklisted for not making his deadline. I feel like there might be another publishing house like... We're willing to wait longer for this. Your first one sold really well. I don't know. Or, like, if he finally finish, finishes one, I'm sure a publishing company will take it because it's going to be good based on his previous work. Um, just, you know, maybe don't give him an advance next time. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I don't think he'd be blacklisted is my point. But I could be wrong. If you're in the publishing industry and you listen to this, give me a book deal and also write in. You have to, you have to first give a book deal, though. That's the, that's the only yeah. way. Well, you can write in and give me a book deal while explaining how uh, blacklisting works in the industry. I promise I will finish a book before Jughead. You can trust me with this advance. Um, now Jughead's finding out that the manuscript he wrote on Shrooms was given to Jess. And I guess he does not want to go to New York and talk to her because he's sober now, which will be a very funny joke in about two scenes from now. <laughs> yes. Yep, so Cheryl's about to produce some miracles while wearing her thigh-high red heels in a miniskirt. Because uh, we stand a queen. Yep, this is, I mean, this is what all the saints wore when they performed their miracles. You name a saint, this is how they were dressed. So the first uh, miracle she does is turning water not into wine. Like, Jesus. yeah, she mentions Jesus here, I think is the thing. Um, like, canonifying this church... Uh, is part of Christianity. She says, uh, as Jesus was changed water to wine, she's going to change water to maple syrup, which she did not do. She poured it into an opaque container without revealing the contents. Um, that would be so easy to, to set up. Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't even need anything fancy. You just need like a second, uh, container built into this inside of that chalice for the water she pours into there and then pours out the maple syrup well like uh like one of the ways that you do the trick to like the water to wine mm -hmm. thing is like mm -hmm. you you're you have like two can you just have like two compartments you have one right yeah like you basically have something on the outside where like there's just enough room for you to be able to pour the wine out of. Yeah, it's the uh, it's the assassin's teapot. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's just 
why I don't know the 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 white okay the white maple syrup though I feel like is I don't know that's cute. The maple syrup is a fun twist on an old trick. Um, it certainly limits some of the ways people do that. I think another technique used for water to wine is um, there's like a dried powder you can get that when you add to water, obviously it turns red um, and it looks like wine. Um, as well as a closed container with a spout, so you can do this as this teapot. She's done it in open chalice, it's turning into maple syrup. There's some variation there, but because she doesn't proof the chalice that it's not, it doesn't have just, you know, con- compartments on the inside, um, it becomes a very easy trick. Yeah. Yeah, I got into magic for a while. <laughs> What's up? Um, Archie's doing a classic Archie thing where he goes to someone and tells them his plans on what he's going to do to them. Uh, somehow he was just allowed to walk into the general's office, but he's like, I know you sent us to die. I'm going to make sure you pay. Um, and the general has some big monologue that also doesn't matter. Again, it's hard to be, for me to be invested in the army stakes because like, I literally don't care. They're both guilty because they were both in the U S army. Pretty much. And yeah, Archie's big play is calling a military tribunal, which is, I mean, come on, guys, what are we doing? I feel like even as a child, I was like, I don't think that would work. Also, they don't resolve. Oh, wait, sorry. They have um, Eric's testimony. That's their one proof. And apparently that's enough uh, to get this guy dishonorably discharged. Spoilers. Also, I love um, uh, the general says, like, you'll die a traitor or something like that. You know, I'm going to destroy your reputation. Archie does a literal, no, I'm not. You're the traitor, general. Which I thought was pretty good. Um, Eric's still very hesitant to uh, join this crusade, and we'll find out later, but Archie's compromises. He will only do this if he gets the approval of all his squad mates' families, which is a confusing sentence because the next time we see Archie, it is him uh, not getting the approval from one of his squad mates' families. Um, but Jughead's in the bunker. He's like, fuck, what do I do? I don't have a manuscript. He remembers that girl who slept with him in order to get her manuscript in front of his agent and thinks, hey, what if I just plagiarize his book? Or her bo- her book. And he also finds a bottle of whiskey, so he really should have just gone and seen his ex-girlfriend and gotten his real manuscript back. Yeah, like, if he just, like, be like, hey, that's that's my manuscript. Can I have it back, please? Yeah. yeah. Also, like, yeah, it so had some of his blood on yeah. it. So, like, if she had the original manuscript, unless she transposed yeah. everything, you'd be able to prove with DNA evidence that it was his. Well, you'd be able to prove that his blood was on it. You wouldn't be able to prove it's his um, from that. But also, I don't know that necessarily Jess was looking to steal his story. Um... We don't really know why she wanted it. She gave a reason. We don't know if that's the true reason. So maybe she is also plagiarizing, but I'm not sure. Um, but the first person Archie goes to see uh, blames him for her son's death. Uh, so again, very puzzled how he managed to go ahead with the tribunal. There's a little visual thing they do in these scenes where the soldier uh, of that family member is kind of like hanging out in the background waiting, which I think is neat if not actually, like, representative of anything. Like, a better writer could have made that a symbol or metaphor. This one is just sort of a cool visual. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, Veronica's hosting an auction, and Hiram shows up and begins bidding on these doubloons. Um, and it gets up to 300,000, and then Veronica just stops, uh, starts ignoring Hiram in order to sell it to someone else. So many questions. Yep. All of that was weird. I, I feel like in this season, they have intentionally hired taller people to stand around Hiram to make him look like a tiny man. Yeah, like, is it, like, did, because, um, because, like, okay, it makes sense that there's a lot of taller people than him just because, like, he's Hispanic mm-hmm. and, you know, but Hispanic like, men tend to not get that tall. But, like, but, but, it seems but, like they're But when he was supposed to be menacing, I think, yeah, I think, I think when they were, 
when he was supposed to be menacing, they also used a lot of like lower camera angles when framing him, so that us, the viewer, were still kind of like not like a lot, but a little bit, like either at his level, eye level, or below. So we were either gazing directly at him or uh, looking up at him. And here we're slightly above his eye level, so he's both looking up at Veronica. And also, he just passed through a crowd of tall people where they're all, like, a head taller than him. So he's just become the tiniest little man. Yeah, he does look very tiny. Yeah. Um, and then Hiram's like, You wouldn't be so petty that you would ignore my bid so you could sell the Palladium at a lower price just so I couldn't get it. You wouldn't be that kind of petty, would you? Veronica's like, Not only am I, th- am I that petty, but... Uh, this is, she basically tells him, this is your Palladium. Go check, go check your Soldale models, which, oh, I guess maybe she says that later. She does tell him that at one point, which is baffling, because they replaced it with, like, fake Palladium, and if you're going to do that, then, um, maybe don't tell him that you robbed him. Um, but then the next guy Archie visits, uh, wants him to, to do it, and that's that scene. <laughs> Alright, we're back with the Miracles. Uh, Kevin wearing literally like a magician's, uh, coat, one of those sparkly coats that, uh, a magician would wear. Um, and then, uh, God, it's so, it's just like so clear that they were like, we don't want to bother hiring a magic consultant to like teach us believable tricks. Um, she's just bleeding from stigmata in her hands. That's definitely not fucking fake blood they put on there earlier who would believe that i'm sorry this is bullshit um and then archie visits his uh final person who also i don't think gives him permission to uh pursue this also he only visits three families Uh, i felt like his platoon was a bit larger than that but okay well maybe the other ones didn't have family i guess so Okay, she says you do what you see fit, but it wasn't like an endorsement. She was like, "I moved. I'm moving on past this. I don't want to be involved. Just do what you want," which isn't really like sort of consent. And even then, that's two out of three. So I still don't understand how he went forward with this. I feel like he was gonna do it anyway. Yeah. Right. Oh God. She took. They like take five or something, or maybe they're gonna come back the next day to do more miracles, which is also kind of crazy to me. That, like, they aren't doing them all at once? I don't know. Also, uh, Kevin suggests a trick where they turn a staff into a snake. And I don't think that's a real magic trick. Um, I've never seen anything close to that. So I I have to assume it's not something that's done often. But again, uh, they just, they didn't, no one on the writing team knows anything about magic, and they didn't want to bother asking someone who knew about magic, so they just made some stuff up. Water to wine, that's biblical. You know, stigmata, that's also not a miracle and not a trick, but it's biblical. The last one they were going to do, snakes. Um, but instead, Cheryl says, I can control bees with my mind. Don't worry about it. Uh, also, the bees thing is, people do that all the time. Yeah, you what? just have to be, like, calm. Yeah, also you j- also you have the the queen on you. Mm. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Uh then we get another oh that that's where she tells him at the party, but um we get another exchange with Chad where he's like are you sure you don't want to pay off all my debts that I created with my great idea I have? And she's like no, I've already taken care of it. Um and then Chad tells her that he's invested, he's a silent partner in it was a dumb name, but um, a service that basically has private helicopters Uber you into Martha's Vineyard. I wish it had been like an NFT. I think that would have been really funny. This might have been a little bit before like they got super popular or whatever they were yeah. filming this. Because what, this would have been probably shooting in early 2020? Uh, this- maybe? Ish. I don't know about early 2020. That's probably when they were scheduled to, but there was, you know, a shutdown Maybe mid to late 2020 is the time things started going again. Yeah, it would have been super popular. That was more of a 2021 thing, right? I also don't think this writer's room is especially online, so it's fine. 
I, I, it would be funny if they're still talking about NFTs, like in twenty twenty seven. Yeah, we, I guess that's also there. <laughs> that's another. That's another thing. Like still fighting in Afghanistan. Yeah. Uh, Jughead submit is planning on submitting the manuscript that that girl wrote as his own. He tells his editor about it, or not his editor's agent. Um, but then Betty texts him to meet up because uh, he missed her last time. Um, and then Betty spears her lipstick with the back of her hand, which I have never seen a woman do in real life. Well, you know, she wanted that, like, aesthetic look, but, like, she did it, uh, but she Truly. made it look dumb by, like, showing yeah. how it happened. Yeah, I mean, most w- most women I know um, do keep makeup wipes at their table to, to take well, care of their makeup. No, no, it's like one of those, like, uh, like, you're, uh, you're, you... I might look good on the outside, but on the inside, I feel bad. Type of like Tumblr mm. posts, mm. you know. Okay. But like, she showed it how she made the smear. Oh no, he's he's only advocating for the ones who gave him consent. So I guess it's for himself and two other people. Um, I'm not sure that's how that works. I don't think. Uh. Can can you can you be like my whole squad got wiped out, but I'm only selectively bringing up charges for three of them? <laughs> oh, I mean that's that's multiple witnesses. I mean it's not witnesses because they're all dead. But oh well, no, they were part of it. Uh, yeah, well, well that's it. But I feel like that would be enough people to corroborate. Maybe. Hmm. Well, no, no one can corroborate it. Or they're all dead. Well, no, no, Eric's there's the only one. no, there's enough people. Oh, no, no, yeah, there's only two people who can corroborate what's going on. Yeah, and they're they're right. There. Which also, we're learning, uh, we're learning right now that Eric uh, had a secret meeting with the general where he was told as the sniper to abandon the squad and kill the warlord, which he did, and he feels terrible about. Um, but Archie manages to convince him to also testify, I guess. And again, it is the word of a sergeant and uh, someone ranked lower than a sergeant against a like established general. I just do not think it would a take a day or b go that direction. Yeah. Could you imagine attending this church? This would be crazy. It would be a lot more interesting than the church I attended. Right. It'd be like, oh, how was church? Yeah. Uh, I mean, they like saying. Songs from Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat, and then one of them um, claimed to be bleeding from her hands as a miracle. I mean, I didn't know that we were Catholic, but also, <laughs> okay, Cheryl's outfit right now. Yeah. Oh my god, it's real good. Okay, so she's in bright red pants, uh, and she's wearing what looks like like kind of a tank top deal, but with like a corset with all of the like uh, like hardware on it. The ribbing. Like. Like, have rhinestones? Yeah. Yeah, so Archie and Eric literally go to this tribunal, and then the general gets dishonorably discharged. It's nuts. We don't even see the tribunal. It's like a day-long affair. It's crazy. The shortest military tribunal ever. Like, Seriously. it is like the same day. Well, they got lucky. They got Judge Judy, and she was like, I want this wrapped up before lunch. Uh, so Chad and a bunch of dudes and Hiram are all celebrating the launch of this helicopter service going, being publicly traded. Um, and Veronica crashes with a bunch of, like, uh, server girls. Uh, they, they look like the candy girls. That's what they're normally called, right? That job. Um, and she's brought a whole briefcase full of jingle jangle as well as some champagne. Copter cab, that's what the business is called. Um, and then she's like, I'm here to celebrate you. Here's a, a extremely large bottle of champagne. Let's party. Uh, Jughead breaks his sobriety uh, while he talks to Betty, and he apologizes to her for the voicemail. Uh, Betty explains that the reason she wasn't there that night is because of the trash bag killer. Um, what else happens here? Oh, Betty makes it all about herself again. Yeah. Yeah, it's all coming back to me. Jughead literally says, uh, during his apology, he ends with like, you know, I'm an alcoholic. I'm an addict. 
Um, and Betty's like, well, Jughead, me too. I'm addicted to the thrill. And it's like, mm, bestie, that's not quite the same thing. There was, there, that was, I don't know if that was a cute joke, but it was, uh, it was, be like, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, tr- I'm trying to quit, uh, if it doesn't, oh, yeah. if it, if it isn't obvious. And that's right before he takes yeah. a drink of some whiskey. Right. But yeah, he says, I'm an addict, and she's like, I think I'm an addict, too. I can't stop hunting serial killers. And, like, that's not, that's not the same thing at all, Betty. Well, well, hun, guess that's what? Not- you are one, so you don't have to hunt that hard. Right. Yeah, yeah, like, Jughead made this big confession about being an alcoholic, and now we're just talking about Betty's shit. Like, it's rude. She's a rude person. Jughead's voicemail wasn't wrong. Yeah, Betty Betty does just, she just sucks in general. She says she didn't go to the book reading because uh, she got the offer to join the TBK task force, which I feel like you could have shot off a text, maybe. I feel like that would have solved all the issues. Hey, sorry, can't come. FBI thing happened suddenly. We'll talk later. Yeah. Hey, I have a very important serial killer task force thing I need to do. I'm very sorry. More people might die. You don't even have to go into all of that, I don't think. He knows she's in the FBI. I got FBI shit going on. Oh, shit, that's probably important. Okay, I understand why you can't come. Like, you don't even have to explain it. Um... He gets a... Jacob gets a call back from his agent who loves the story, thinks it's the best thing he's ever written, and then Jughead uh, pulls out for race for worst person of this episode because he confesses that it is, in fact, not his story. He stole it, uh, and that he doesn't have a novel for him. And so Sam drops him, and Jughead's like, that's fair, and says he will text Sam uh, Cora, the grad student's info, uh, later and um, with that he's both dropped as an author and as a candidate for worst in show this yep. episode <laughs> yep 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 do we have a dilfy person this episode i don't think so no you know i i was they normally have something in for daddy but like they've been really lacking mm-hmm. this season mm-hmm. um chad is gloating at the party and then uh a guy comes in and's like, my boysenberry's blowing up, because it's like a blackberry. Um, and it's because the stock is in free fall, and it's because someone leaked to the Wall the Wallbeat Journal um that he had crashed a helicopter before. Um, and that's bad optics for someone who owns a helicopter company, and so everyone's pulling out their investments. And Veronica was the one who leaked the story, and then she threw this party to keep them distracted uh, while their stock fell apart. And, like, why Why did she do this? <laughs> I, I don't... Yeah, I don't understand. Just, just to be spiteful to, like, all these people who, as of lately, haven't really done much to her. I will say, like, it is, like, I mean... All the all the dudes who also that aren't main characters, yeah. uh, yeah. I mean they're probably assholes, but like not a big enough asshole for a random like woman to just right, ruin like, their lives. A- any motherfucker who's invested in an Uber helicopter service sucks, but like they haven't personally slighted Veronica. Yeah, like she doesn't really have a reason to ruin their lives like this. Like, like okay, I feel like if I was reading about this. Like, I'd be like, ha ha, mm-hmm. ha right. but, like, but I seen them, and I seen how it happened, and who's doing yeah. it. And, like, Veronica's yeah. not that much better than them. No, Veronica's just being extremely petty right now, and she causing a lot of collateral damage with that. Um, and then she calls him a beta cuck, basically. She says a born beta, but, I mean, y- you know she wanted to call him a little beta cuck. <laughs> hey, little baby bitch beta. You, you're the one who always sat the hotel chair. You know the cup chair over there. Um, yeah, and I guess because her dad wasn't mad enough about this, because uh, he only invested a quote moderate sum, uh, she then gives away the game that she robbed him uh, of the palladium. Just really a series of baffling choices. 
I fully don't remember what the scene is uh, between Jughead and Tabitha, and I don't think it's especially important. Uh, basically, they do all but say, yo, I like you a lot. That That's pretty much it. Mm. Also, Jughead is apparently just terrible at, at his job, according. Uh, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't su- according to himself, yeah. That doesn't surprise me at all. Meanwhile, Hiram checks his secret Palladium hideout. Again, you could have just bought a safe, my guy. Why did you do this? It makes no sense. I mean, I guess not that his plan ever made sense. The cost to build a prison and also maybe a suburb. I don't know if Sodale was ever supposed to happen, but like all of that, the amount of palladium he's going to mine, I can't imagine pays that off. Yeah. I guess I don't know, but like that feels like a lot of money invested. On top of building all of these, like, red herrings, he also has to then, like, get the mining equipment and, like, maintain the mine, even if he's using slave labor to mine it. Like, it just seems like... Seems like he's not gonna come out with a huge profit here. No, he's not. Like, well, the other thing, too, though, is, like, he... He doesn't... Like, he still has a private prison. That should be printing money for him. Oh, that's true, yeah. So, like... Why doesn't he just try to open up more private prisons? I don't know. I'm baffled. I mean, I guess the Palladium was sort of like a symbolic thing for him, but like, also, he fucked up so- He spent like years buying land, shutting down schools to build this prison so he couldn't mine the Palladium, and then he like got the wrong location, and all the Palladium's on the Blossom Land. Also, and so he's bankrupted this town to get at it. I don't like. I don't know. Well, also the other thing though is like he's rich enough that like he could probably borrow like millions of dollars to uh, and then get that money back after you know building Sodale. Mm-hmm. But we we learned he never like planned to build Sodale. That's that's like a huge scam to bring in money from investors so he can mine palladium. I, why don't you just build Sodell? Yeah, I don't. Like, I, I don't get it. Like real estate is so easy to make money off of. Yeah, I, I just I simply do not understand. But yeah, Archie gets the call and they're like, "You, Eric, you're good. You were just following orders." The general, he's out. It was judged that he was being reckless and endangering lives. This is a very realistic TV show for ARMY. People believing Cheryl's bleeding from her palms more realistic than this tribunal. Then, uh, Betty's about to go out on the highway again, but Tabitha knocks on our door and is like, I am also going to pretend to be a highway prostitute with you, um, because you shouldn't be out there alone. I don't know, I feel like it would be weird enough to find a highway prostitute um, and then when you found one, she's like, actually, I come in a pair and you have to get both of us. <laughs> That'd be crazy. Um, some more of Archie jerking off army and, uh, about how he served with the bravest men he's ever known, the real heroes, etc., etc., yada, yada, yada. He says Band of Brothers. It was the episode title. We've done it. He looks at the screen. Riverdale, Bands of Brothers. Yeah. Oh, and then... All of them are still in the background, but now they're all cleaned up and in civilian clothes and not, like, dead soldier zombies. And, yeah, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of them. He talked to three families and got permission from two. And one of those was just a, like, whatever, don't bother me about it. (laughs) Uh, So this is really sort of a self-serving sort of situation here for him. Yep. Uh, and then we end with, if I didn't know Kevin was gay and Cheryl seems pretty strongly a lesbian now, uh, I would think they're about to fuck in front of this fireplace. But Kevin is, uh, asking her how she did the bee trick, if there was, like, an anti-bee ointment she rubbed on her body. Um, and Cheryl says, no, I think I have superpowers, maybe. She says, something inside me has shifted. So here we go, strap on in. All right, well, while while this episode wraps up, uh, who do you think is worst in show? Veronica, who's just been petty to everyone around her, or Betty, who made Jughead's addiction all about herself? Uh, Veronica only really affects other rich people. So, yeah. like, like, while 
it's not great that she's rich and she just screwed over a bunch of people she didn't know. Like, it's other rich I, people. I will also point out that she, like, she is antagonizing her father um, for no real reason. And I'm sure that's going to come back and really fuck with her plans later. So it's also, like, a really poor self-preservation sort of thing. Like, you've got this guy who can make enormous problems for you. And he's finally, like, not on your case. And you think, oh, what if I make him pissed off at me? I just... But yeah, uh, Betty, Betty uh, making Jughead's whole trauma and addiction and everything about herself is yeah. No, it's it's, it's up there. I, no, I think it's definitely jo- uh, being uh, Betty. Uh, yeah, yeah. And there's no All one right. really to be Dilfy this episode either. No, no Dilfs, no Dilfs this episode. Yeah, which is unfortunate. Uh, which just leaves Best in Show, which I think. Has to go to Cheryl. Yeah, best at show is Cheryl. Like literally, best at show. As in, yeah. she put on a great show. She literally, <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So, all right. Well, with that, uh, is there anything you would like to recommend to our listeners? Uh, I am most of the way done watching Midnight Club, which is, uh, mm. you know, directed. Uh, I guess created and directed. Or created by is his name like Mike Flanagan, uh, the guy who did like Midnight yeah. Mass and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm liking it a lot. Um, mm. It did that thing where I start crying sometimes during the episode because it's actually emotionally affecting. So that's good. Mm. Uh, it's hard to get myself to cry, so that's always good uh, when that happens. Um, like the whole premise of it is basically it's at set at a hospice and there's a bunch of basically dying teenagers. Uh, oh boy! Yeah, it's heavy. Uh, just like the other ones, but um, I like yeah. it. I like it a lot. Honestly, I would recommend it. Like more than haunting at the second one, uh, the one with the creepy little uh, girl. Lie Manor. Lie Manor. Lie Metal. Yeah. Even though I like that one, don't get me wrong, I recommend it yeah. more than that one because like, like Bly Manor, like you can call it like second episode if you're paying attention and then it's mm-hmm. just then it's just a creepy girl who's not a ghost being like isn't that delightful and like it's like you're talking like you're a victorian ghost stop it mm-hmm. um but um but yeah i haven't watched midnight mass so that might be a thing i watch because Raul yeah, Cooley heard, uh, Raul Cooley's in it oh, yeah. and he's very uh, if we're talking about a dilf Raul Cooley mm-hmm. uh but that, there's that. Uh, I think I would. I, there's not much else, honestly. Yeah, uh, I heard Midnight Club's good from a couple people. Oh, now, so oh! I'll if I could recommend a manga, um, sure. It is uh, Rich Hat Atelier. Um, it mm. is. Uh, it's kind of in the vein of um, Little Witch Academia. Um, basically, okay. this girl uh, discovers how magic is done. And she's taken in by this person who I know once the anime comes out, like there's going to be a million people just thirsting after them because it's basically, you know, it's basically like shoujo, like hot a uh, guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like it's real nice. Like it's it's very slice of life. There's like a dark undertone to it where, you know, she, she has to find something out uh, to save her mother. But like it's, but it's like all power of friendship stuff. It's really cute. Um, I like it. I read like sixty chapters of it. Uh, you know, in a couple days because like it's like really hard to put down. So, yeah, I would suggest it if you want something that's more slice of life and uh, cute. Hmm. Um, I'm gonna recommend two things as well. The first one's a podcast, which is gonna be a think of first for this show. But I'm gonna recommend. Um, A24 has a podcast. Uh, I think it's just called the A24 Podcast, but they've got some... They basically just get famous people together in a room and let them talk for an hour. Um, I learned about this because uh, Alexa Demi, uh, who plays Maddie in Euphoria, uh, talked with Nathan Fielder um, at like the height of shutdown COVID, like before we had a vaccine. They got them into a room together and recorded them talking to each other for an hour. That was a lot of fun. Nathan's not the weird one in the room, actually, which was surprising wow. for me. Wow. Yeah. Um, and they also have one with uh, both Daniels uh, of the directing duo who made Everything Everywhere All at Once 
And also Daniel Radcliffe, because I guess they did this one in New York, and Daniel lives in New York, and, you know, was in Swiss Army Man with them. So three Daniels together in a room. I started listening to that one. I'm excited to hear more. Oh, it was also, like, real uh, real meta, because it was uh, a Daniel listening to three Daniels talking. Oh, you're so right, bestie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the other thing I'll recommend is I watched uh, War Kong Wise uh, In the Mood for Love this week. Uh, didn't super follow the plot real well. There's a lot of, like, unannounced time skips. But at the same time, I don't think you need to really pay attention to the plot for this movie because it's maybe the prettiest movie I've ever seen in my life. Okay, I like a movie. Um, I like a pretty just, movie. You don't pay attention to. Yeah, really. it's just the the like the colors and the composition and the lighting. It's just so fucking pretty. Like wow, I had a great time, even though I wasn't really sure what was happening. Um. Yeah. So check that out. I guess if you have, I mean, if you have, it's War Kong Wai. Like, kind of like my Seven Samurai recommendation. You should already sort of know about this one, but uh, go ahead and check those out. Oh, what else? Uh, I was gonna recommend yeah, one go other ahead. thing. Oh man, I forgot it already. Uh, well, next time then. Yeah. Uh, who is it? My hey, turn. Junior. All right. Well. Um, oh no, my palladium, where'd it go? Why me the she-wolf of Wall Street?